Shelby. And I'm Erica. And welcome to the All Things Melanin Podcast, where your certified high women are getting you through the week. Be sure to subscribe so you'll never miss an update. Erica! Hey! You already know what I'm about to say. No, I don't. Okay, so I'll tell you. <laughs> what's new? What's happening? What's popping? How you feeling? <laughs> it's so funny because I literally just saw you. But for the people that don't literally. know, I'm actually good, but I would like to start off by saying congrats to all the graduates. And I'm saying this because on my way over here, Mm -hmm. um, I was talking to my mom on the phone and she said that my cousin, he's the fourth of us grandkids. It's four of us. I'm the oldest. He's the youngest. He just graduated high school, right? Yeah. Yes. Congrats to him. And so he decides that he is going to go to Bible college to start to be in ministry in California. I said, you better follow Jesus. That's dope. I'm so proud of him. Shout out to Jonathan. Speaking of graduates. I got to shout out my best friend, Jordan, because <laughs> yes. she graduated from TSU a week or two ago with her master's degree. Shout out to Jordan. And listen, you want to know something else I learned? What? That I'm not 18 no more. So I got to keep it calm and cute <laughs> because let me tell you, Jordan, I love you, but I, you know, like you were saying in one podcast that, you know, when you went to college, you know, you didn't really party and stuff. So when you got yeah. out of let me tell you, I was the exact opposite. <laughs> I partied Thursday, Friday, Saturday, but I could get up and go to class, but I partied so hard, and in my mind, I think I tried to do it again. I woke up last week, the other week, my feet were hurting, my ankles were hurting, my legs were hurting, and my thighs were hurting. <laughs> I don't know what happened. <laughs> Let me tell you, I'm never drinking Henny again. Mm-mm. Like, But we had like a really, really good time. Um, I think what happened first was my friend bought over a bottle of crown and we killed that. And then my friend, when we got her, when she got her section from graduating, she got two more bottles and the Henny made us do it. Mm-mm, you gonna learn. You gonna learn one of these days. Listen, let me tell you. Well, <laughs> then my best friend, I've never seen, I'm not gonna say her name because she listens, but <laughs> my other best friend, she, I've never, in like the three or four years that I've known her, I've never seen her tipsy or drunk. <laughs> ever and she got so drunk that i was showing her videos and like stuff of the night of what happened and she didn't remember it apparently she got burned by the hookah <laughs> and she was like she woke up and she was like where's this burn mark and my friend was like because you kept bumping into the hookah it was a lot going on sound like and then but you want to know the funny part about her being drink drunk if i went somewhere and i didn't tell her she would come find me in her drunkenness <laughs> Like, I was like, that's the, type of, that's the type of coherent drunk that I need to be. Yes. But I wasn't drunk. I remember everything. You, I'm pretty sure you were. I wasn't. You just said coherent drunk, so you was coherently I was. Drunk. I said she was coherently <laughs> drunk. I remember everything. But you were still lit. But, but I'm I, sure. But what I don't remember is putting a lopsided-ass ponytail in my head. And I was like, when did I put this ponytail in my head? I don't know who has drunk Hennessy and not been drunk. Let me tell you. The Henny made me do it. I made myself like three Hennessy pineapples. Who was I? I don't know. Who was I? I was sweating. <laughs> but y'all, we just came back from Atlanta over the weekend, and we just got to let you know, like, the nightlife in Atlanta is just a little bit different <laughs> than the nightlife here. Let me tell you, I ain't never got to go out in Atlanta again. I don't either. I really don't. Like, okay, everybody knows the club holds the line, right? Everybody knows that. Like, anywhere you go, they're going to hold the line. But particularly, Atlanta oh. held the line for what it felt like 40 days and 40 nights. 
And then we get in there, nobody's in there because everybody's outside waiting to get in. So we had went out Friday night, or tried to, and they held the line for like 30 minutes. And it moved a little bit, so we just left because we were annoyed. And then we tried to go out like Erica said on Saturday. But nobody was in that bitch. Like, everybody was outside. Even when we left at like 1.30, they were still holding the line. Yes. Nobody's in there. Yeah. There's more than enough room. That is, that's just so annoying. So I was like, I don't never have to do that. I was like, am I over the club or am I just like spoiled at the particular places I go here? Park yeah. Avenue. Park Avenue get you in and they get you out. <laughs> Listen, they don't be holding the line. They don't be bullshitting. They don't. So I fucked to Park Avenue. And the guys there in Atlanta, they're a different breed. Like, they're, they're really real aggressive. aggressive. <laughs> I'm like, uh, We couldn't even get out the hotel, sir. Yes. This I, ain't even my best. I don't know, but um, they're different. They're very different. They're very aggressive. Like, I would say most of them are, like, not a good aggressive. Except <laughs> for that baby that came and got our bags out the car. Oh, yeah. I need that energy. Like, he, he was doing his job. It was crazy because that's how, you know, I'm not used to stuff like that. Because he came running up on our car. And I'm like, who is this running up on us? <laughs> but he was literally literally trying to help us with our suitcase. He was like, don't get that. You show right, sir. <laughs> I was like, who raised you? This is awesome. <laughs> Listen, I need, I need to talk to a couple people I know. Can you give them a little lesson? So I was like, yes, that is how you can have your way with me. Is be a gentleman. Um, <laughs> so, speaking of men... Let's get into dating and relationships, our first segment of the show. So, in this segment, we're going to talk about baggage, okay? We need to get real about baggage. Everybody got baggage. You can say you don't, but you really do. Yeah. Um, So, with getting back into the dating scene after a breakup, how do you stay optimistic about your next relationship without bringing that baggage in? What would you say? I would say first and foremost, like you gotta give your time. You gotta, you have to give yourself time to heal after a breakup. Like I'm in the mind your business ministry, and I be minding my business. But I think sometimes people just hop from dude to dude or chick to chick to try to like validate themselves or to try to get back in the swing of things, and that's okay if that works for you. But the way that I deal with baggage is like I have to like deal with what happened. Like there was a point in my life where like I. I think I said this before, but, like, there was a point where, like, I was talking to somebody, and it just didn't work out, and it really, really fucked with my self-esteem. It's not that it, that I did something necessarily wrong, it's just the way that that particular situation or relationship or whatever ended, it really messed with me, and I had all this baggage up, am I good enough, um, why did this happen, was, you know, just all these things that women, you know, kind of ask themselves, and I took time to, like, first, like, try to see, like, what part I played in it. The, you know the things that I allowed to go on and I dealt with it and I let myself heal I let myself feel exactly how I felt and for me I chose not to talk to anybody or to entertain anybody until I felt whole and complete on my own I think for me I just had to deal with it I had to let myself feel how I felt and then once I felt like I got to this place I don't feel like you're ever ready to be in a relationship but I felt like for me I knew I was open to the idea because I had dealt with the baggage that I had you definitely have to deal with it you have to accept what happened before you move on I'm 
just that same person. Like, I can't jump from dude to dude to dude. I just can't. Like, my heart's not set up that way. If I'm into somebody, I'm into them. It's going to take me a while to not be into you. Mm -hmm. And when I'm not, I'm just not. So, (laughs) um, I think I am proud of myself, though, because I have been through some horrible situations. And I still believe in love. I still believe that I can love somebody and they can love me in that same capacity. So, I am proud of myself for that. But if you think about it, if you bring in baggage, if your ex you know, did something really bad to you or lied or whatever, don't hold that against the next person. That's That's, just not fair. You should come into it with a clean slate and just give that person the the fair chance because no dude really wants to just put up with that and try to tear those walls down when he's showing you the effort. Like, I can't stand when I see women when you got a good dude and you're treating him like, he's not a good dude because of what you're used to in the past yeah so I'm just saying like if you have baggage maybe you don't need to be in a relationship right now maybe you need to heal from your past accept what has happened before you try to move on because guess what another person is not going to fulfill you yeah you have to fulfill yourself first like you said you were complete and whole before you decided to be open yeah to it again because relationships and dating is not easy yeah. People think it's so easy because people post little cute pictures and stuff online, but it's not. It's work. You're taking into account somebody else's whole personality, yeah. whole being. Yeah. Like, it's not easy. So, let and, the baggage go. And I think, like, we forget that people show us their highlight reel. Like, they don't show us, like, the behind-the-scenes stuff that occur and that happen. And I think that the way that I stay optimistic is that I, like you said, like, I believe in love. I believe that. Like, there's a purpose made that's specifically designed for me. And I think sometimes when you start dating again after whatever situation that you have, that you had all this, you know, baggage and different things like that, for me, I've had to learn to take a dude at face value. Like, I had to learn to take him for what he really is. Like, if he's inconsistent, he's inconsistent. You know what I mean? Like, if he's not doing what he says, he's not doing, then it is what it is. But, like... You can't, like, project this whole all dudes are the same. Yeah. Niggas ain't shit. No, the niggas you fucking with ain't shit. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. Like, that's not, you know, you can't categorize, you can't put all men in a category. And I do believe that, you know, there are a category of men that just aren't ready and they may not be shit. But I do think that there are a category of men that are ready. And if you sit, and I'm going to tell you right now, like, I do know good guys, and I do feel like sometimes they get a bad rap because sometimes you can't believe, like, oh, my gosh, like, this is a good guy, yeah. like, what he want, what's the catch, and different things like that. Like, I, we say all this to say, like, don't mess up your blessing, like, by trying to, like, do the most. Tear tear him down, pull him apart. Because a, a really good man is not going to let you do that. No. Like, he... Like he ain't like he like he knows his value, he knows he's worth it, he knows that he's in high demand. So if he's sitting here, you know, showing interest, treating you how you should be treating all that stuff, he's not taking shit from you. So I think we have to learn how to distinguish between a blessing and a lesson. That's, like somebody that's, that's trying to excuse me, be a fuckboy versus someone that's a really good person. And I think you have to lean on your discernment skills and you have to pray about it. Like we gotta stop making everybody the one. We gotta stop putting you know, guys or girls, whoever you're trying to talk to in this perfect box, in this perfect picture, like, if that's not who God told you to be with, that's not who God told you to be with. And you're creating more baggage and more baggage each time you do what God has not called you to do. And that is true. And another thing, too, is I will keep it real with y'all. Like, it's 
it takes a long time for your heart to heal. It yeah, really does. Like, you're does. not going to be over it in a month. I don't care how long you've been dating. It's an emotional connection and attachment and soul tie. Because they take person. a piece of you, everybody. They do. So, for me, I will say that I am optimistic about the next relationship, but I'm also very fearful. Yeah. And that doesn't necessarily mean I have baggage. It just means that it it's going to be hard for me to accept not accept but start over because I have been there before you know so it's like okay how am I really gonna act towards this person knowing that I have to start over from the beginning and put all this effort into somebody that would be my fear but not necessarily baggage I will be giving him a full chance you know yeah or otherwise I'd be like nah nah mm -mm, bye don't talk to me (laughs) yeah so I feel like we try to act like we don't have a baggage and it's 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 not necessarily I get that baggage is excess and, you know, it affects your relationships. But I don't, I think sometimes, like, baggage is the things that teach, teaches you what you what you are going to do and what you're not going to do. Yep. You know? And, like, sometimes, you know, having baggage and dealing with it, like, lets you see your blessing. Lets you see what you're not going to do. Lets you see a person for face value. Because, let's say, you went through a situation and you encounter, you know, a person that's similar to that. Like, a lot of times, you'll write up like, mm-mm. Nah, yeah. this ain't it. Because you wouldn't want for you to be trying so hard in this relationship and he's treating you like, well, my ex-girlfriend, she did this, that, and that. You wouldn't want him treating you like that. First of all, what Shaniqua got to do with us? And nothing. So that's why both parties need to come in with a clean slate, give yeah. each other fair chances, and then if there's something that he does to warrant the, the distrust or whatever, then that's when you can be like, okay, well, I don't trust you. But don't yeah. just off the bat not trust him because your ex did something to you. So. Well, that was a word, and I feel like we got some stuff on our chest <laughs> that needed to be said. Definitely. So, our next segment is called The Journey. So, this is where we just talk about something um, regarding our journey in building all things melanin, our blog, our brand. Mm-hmm. So, today, let's talk about the conference that we just went to in Atlanta. It's called Build Your Own Brand, BYOB. So, I just want us to share you know our experience there okay so we'll start off by explaining what BYOB is so BYOB is a conference that was created for millennials people of color entrepreneurs to come together to learn to network to learn to grow in to level up um it was held in Atlanta and for for me it was a really really dope experience so I went to the first one in DC and Erica didn't go with me but at the end of the first one, they did get tickets away and different things like that. And so I bought Erica's ticket and I basically told her when I got back, we're going next year. And she obliged me. <laughs> and so we went together. But um, for me, I thought the experience was really, really dope. I think it's just really great to be in a room full of like, like-minded like individuals that they really want to work with you. They really want to grind. They really want to, you know, feed into you and different things like that. I think sometimes, you know, when you're in the outside world, like, it's hard to be motivated sometimes or to, you know, keep going. And I feel like for me, first and foremost, like this conference was affirmation about some things that we're doing and that we want to do. And I feel like we were able, I think that we were able to know that we we're on the right track. And then I feel like we were able to pick up some skills and some ideas that are going to help us go harder and do better. But I just, if you've never been to this conference, you should definitely check it out and you should definitely go next year. It's so well thought out. Like it's, like the person that does it, Drew, he like it comes from his heart. Like it, like it was dope. I had an amazing time, and to top it off, 
one of like my um, bucket list things that I've always wanted to see Karen Civil speak, let me tell you, sis did not disappoint. <laughs> yeah, so I really enjoyed the conference as me going for my first time. Um, I really went in open-minded and expecting a lot because I honestly get a little intimidated at networking events. Yeah. I just do. I always do. I just, I don't know what it is, but I'm like, mm, let's see how this goes. But this was more of like, like Shelby said, like-minded people that are really passionate about similar things. So it's nice to be around people that can relate to what you're doing and can help what in what you're doing and vice versa. So it definitely, definitely the creative part. There was a lot of different sessions that we went to, like how to turn your passion into profit and just um, how to make your YouTube channel successful, things like that. It was not one of those things that was like people made you feel like they're on the panel. So they got it together. So they know what they're doing and you don't. It was more like, let's help each other. Let's help each other move up. Not the crab in the barrel type of mentality, you know? Yeah. So I really enjoyed that um, aspect of it. And I feel like I learned a lot. And it was also a lot of confirmation for me as well that we are on the right track. We are doing what we should be doing. It's just time to go even harder. So I do suggest, like, if anyone goes to any conferences or any networking events, it is one of the things I kept saying is make genuine connections. Don't just be out there trying to go for the person that's on the panel and talking to them look at the person to your left and right in the audience and try to have a genuine connection with them and my one goal was just to absorb all that I can yeah and just be open to receiving all the information that I could get and that's exactly what we did yeah overall like we said it was just a really really good panel I think the conference from beginning to end was amazing and um from what we can tell that they are going to do it next year yeah so um, definitely like check it out and different things like that. Like, I don't know. I just feel like it really gave us, I feel like, I don't know about you, but I've just been kind of tired. Yeah. Mentally and emotionally. I've just been tired and exhausted and I've been really bad about pouring into myself, but this conference poured into me to give me fuel to like be re-energized. Like, yeah. okay, like let's hit it. Let's do it. Let's go harder. It definitely did. So check it out. BYOB conference for next year. They haven't announced the next, um, the next one but he did say it looks like there will be one for next year oh for sure um so let's move on to our mentor moment where we give advice on a question that was asked so the question is why is it that sometimes the closest people to you don't support you that's good you want my like real answer that's no we want your fake one okay my fake (laughs) answer is no honestly Sometimes the people closest to you don't support you because they're they're intimidated by you or they're jealous of you. That's and true. they don't understand your vision. Like, it's just plain and simple like that. Like, I feel like I experienced this at different points in my life. And I have experienced it probably in the last um, few months or last year or whatever. And I, I had to learn that I had to learn how not to care about people supporting me. You know what I mean? Yeah. As long as I support my... First of all, as long as God support me and my parents support me, I don't care who don't support me. But I will say what I did learn in that... I will say what that taught me is not to rely on the validation of others, but to rely on the validation of myself. Because if God told me to do it, it don't matter what you think. It don't matter if you support me. It don't matter if you clap for me, if you buy my product. Like, I'm still going to be successful. But what I have found, and I don't know if you found this, is that sometimes people you don't even know... That don't even that you don't even know go harder for you, clap for you, share your stuff, 
flying your ding sims, and that supports you. I know, it's crazy. And this, it kind of reminds me of, well, let me start off with this petty story because I'm petty um, sometimes. Okay, petty, petty. So I was talking to my cousin um, on FaceTime, and I hadn't talked to him in maybe several months. And yeah. he says to me, he was like, hey, how was Atlanta? So I was like, how you know I went to Atlanta? He was like, oh, I saw your post. I said, oh, so you one of them. You see all my posts, but you don't like nothing. You know, I was just joking with him. That's my cousin. I don't care. But it's just the point of, like, people are watching you, and they know what you're doing. They're just not – I'm not talking about doing stuff to get a like. I'm just saying people are watching you. There's a difference between somebody supporting you and putting surveillance on you. Oh. Basically just watching you. Yeah. And knowing your every move, but ain't going to click that like button. Yeah. So – it, this kind of reminds me of how I recently went to one of my friend's um, brunches, and she just kind of said that the, the setting was a lot more intimate, yeah. basically meaning she didn't invite a lot of people and the, that she did in the previous brunch she put together. And the reason being is because she felt like the people that were there this time are the people that actually supported her genuinely. She was like, it's crazy how the people that you think are your friends or that always, you know, in your ear saying this, that, and the other, they won't even like your stuff. They won't buy your stuff. They won't do anything. They won't share your stuff. And so she was like, that's why I have five to six people here right now. Because last year was a whole bunch of people, but you see how quickly that changed. And I don't see anything wrong with cutting those people off. Yeah. You can love them from afar, from a distance. You can still support them if you want to. Yeah. But it's good that you recognize who is actually really supporting you and not just watching you, not just asking you how you're doing just to keep an eye on you, but really genuinely wanting you to succeed. A lot of people don't support you because they feel like they're not doing something. Yeah. They feel intimidated like, oh, well, she got her own blog. Well, I'm going to try to get my own blog. Look, if God didn't tell you to get a blog, don't try to compete with my blessings because it ain't going to (laughs) work. I'm just saying. It's not. So I would just say it seems like that because, number one, they could be jealous, they could be envious, or they just are not your true friend. Yeah. And the crazy thing is I was just talking to my humble about this today. Like, we were texting about this today specifically because like we're from like a really really small town and if you're not from a small town then you don't really know how small town people's minds and you know egos work and different things like that but we were literally just talking about how like because he was telling me he was like you know he had told me something that um, he had accomplished and I was like you know congratulations like I'm so happy for you like you're gonna do amazing and he was like thank you so much and we were just talking basically what you just said in a nutshell um, about your friend's brunch is that it's crazy how like people that know you have known you all your life that have fucked with you all your life like the moment that you start doing better or you start doing new things like all of a sudden it's oh you brand new or oh you acting funny or oh you think that um I'm better than you and different things like that. And I've had, like, even not in this conversation with my homeboy, but, like, even, like, I've had people, like, tell me that or insinuate that I've thought those things. And if you know me, like, I'm really not even that type of person. Like, first of all, the fact that you reacted like that shows more about your character than it does about my character. And to me, it's just, like, really, really sad because I believe that there's room for everybody to win in their own lane and whatever they're doing, you know? So it makes me sad that you feel like not supporting me is going to block my blessings. Listen, if Jesus got this for me, they coming whether you support me, like me, love me, curse me, whatever. They coming. And I think, like, when we talk about it, like, 
when I first started going through things like this and I first started having to confront things, like, it was really hurtful. You know what I mean? Like, it was really, really hurtful. And I was just like, wow, like, you know, I thought this person would ride me forever. I thought this person would support me and love me. At the least, I thought this person would say, you know, congratulations and different things like that. And I think for me, it taught me a lesson in, like, if you're trying to strive to reach a certain level, this is just the beginning of people acting funny. Yeah, I'm like, y'all haven't even seen nothing. So, <laughs> yeah. Shelby, you got to decide how you're going to react. Either you're going to let it get to you or you're going to brush it off. Because this is just baby stuff, you know? Yeah, it's a hurtful re- realization. Um, but if you've been praying for God to reveal true friendships to you, and that's what happens, and that's him revealing them to you. Yeah. Point blank and the period. Okay, period. Period. So there you go with that mentor moment. <laughs> but we support you. Yes, we don't we, do. we don't have to know you to support you. But if we did know you, anybody that knows us, they know we support them with anything. Yes. We will buy your stuff. We will like your stuff. We will be under your comments with stuff. Just thirsty. <laughs> so before we move on to our last segment, which is the words of encouragement and the prayer. Don't turn off yet. Um we want to tell y'all to make sure that y'all subscribe to our blog at allthingsmelanin.org. Yes. So, the words of encouragement today come from Isaiah 61, 7. And it says, instead of your shame, you will receive a double portion. And instead of disgrace, you will, re- joy- you will rejoice in your inheritance. And so will in- And you will inherit a double portion in your land and everlasting joy will be yours. So basically what I take from that is that whatever you've been through, God is going to give you back double the portion that you've had to struggle through. Maybe you've had to go through something. You don't understand why it happened. You feel shameful or disgrace. That's just that word right there is just letting you know that you will receive double portion on this earth. Like you will be here to see God's goodness over you. So I just want to leave you guys with that word of encouragement. And we're going to leave you with prayer. So bow your head, Shelby. I see you peeking. Close that eye. Close that right eye. But if you're driving, just just don't. Just sway with it. Sway with it. How do you know I was about to say that? Because you always say Just sway with it if you're driving. So dear God, we come to you in the name of Jesus. And we just thank you for this day. We thank you for blessing us with the opportunity to speak to our listeners. We thank you for our listeners. We ask that everyone that is under the sound of our voice be blessed. We thank you for being able to see this beautiful day and to be able to live under your grace and under your favor. We ask that you protect each and every one of us. We ask that you will that we all receive double pro, double portion on this earth. And we thank you for your goodness. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Amen.